Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys as always. And today, it is time to take a look towards the NFL Draft. And we'll do so with the help of an NFL Draft expert. A guy that works for NBCSports.com, NBCSportsEdge.com. To be specific, he is their lead college football analyst and their lead NFL draft analyst. Also does some uh, stuff for the fantasy side of college football and is into the prop betting side of college football as well. Eric Froton, a guy who was also at the Holiday Bowl. And that's how we started out, you know, our interview with him was asking him about Carolina's performance in the Holiday Bowl and his overall thoughts of a team that was missing a lot coming into that game against Oregon. I thought it was pretty. And as you mentioned, you know, missing a lot of key players, specifically Green and Downs, of course, along with a you know host of defensive players. Um, but you know, that's that's really what the postseason will be under the current modified transfer portal rules. Because not only do you have the NFL draft players that are sitting out now, which is you know it has happened in past years, but now you have all the transfer portal kids who so you have a finite amount of time to get in there, and some opt to you know, stick around and play in the ball game and then jump in before the 15th window closes. Others choose to enter immediately. And, you know, uh, that's of any game. And that's even before we get to coaching movement. You know, Coach Phil Longo, OC uh, for a few years there, has done an excellent job 
Uh, you got to be sad to see him go over to Wisconsin now. So oh, yeah. there's so many moving pieces, and you know there's a lack of continuity in the passing game. Which, if you follow Billy Connolly from ESPN, when he does his returning production metrics, the biggest thing he looks at for an offense is continuity in the passing game. If you're losing your receivers, uh, you know two of them battle tested, been out there and produced. Clearly a one-two there. Um, that is something that's going to affect you, even when you have a superstar like Drake May, who is frankly a pleasure to watch. And congratulations to all the North Carolina faithful out there who get another season of Drake May, and hopefully Kobe Pesor, who looks good in the bowl, uh, is able to pick up that slack. So you know, altogether, what I would say about that performance: look, they played Oregon. You know, Bone, they got Bone next too, and they have a lot of talent. Troy Franklin, their top receiver, played. You know, you guys didn't have your top guys. So, um, Bucky Irving played the top running back. Mm-hmm. They had more players than, than frankly, you did. And just for the nature of the beast, you know, that's Oregon, Phil Knight up there and their money and their NIL stuff. You know, they're, they're, they're playing with a stacked deck in some respects. So, I, I feel like they had a lot more that they were bringing into the game. And the fact that it was, you know, UNC made it so competitive was truly a great game. One of the great college games I've ever seen. You got to, I think they come away with their hands held held high on that. Well, part of the reason why is, as you mentioned, you know, you still have Drake May coming back next year. And, you know, look, it wasn't the greatest finish to the season for him. I think a lot of that has to do with some of the guys around him, primarily an offensive line that struggled a lot like they did in 2021 to close the season uh, this past year. But, you know, when you look at him and you look at, you know, the hierarchy of quarterbacks in college football, you know, where do you put him? Do you think this is a guy that can legitimately build off of last year and become a guy that is in the in the discussion to win the Heisman Trophy at the end of this season. Absolutely, I Drake May believer, especially getting to see him up close. You know, and that's really the test is getting to see that arm, getting to see him go through his drills, his motions. You know, I was I made sure I was there early for the Holiday Bowl specifically because I wanted to see Drake May and the arm. You know, his mobility. People forget. And he's big, you know, that 6'4", 225, you know, plus. Uh, could even add a little bit if he wanted to. He looks good. But um, he's, he can move and he can navigate the pocket. It isn't just the Malik Willis. He can scramble. You know, he can get out and just run, you know, downfield. It's, he can re- he can escape, elude, navigate, step up in the pocket, create off the structure, and reset when he is outside and can buy himself a little bit of time to get his ball, the ball to receivers, or he also has the juice to get it downfield. He might be like a four-six. He's got speed. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that's and you need that in today's NFL. That's that's who succeeds. You're gonna have to succeed outside of structure. You saw it front in the playoffs from the best QBs there. These guys can all move, you know, and so can Drake. So I absolutely believe in him. Again, going back to the continuity in the passing game, um, can can the next generation step up? You have another green there coming up who is a very highly touted freshman coming in, top 20 receiver, that it's going to be his turn and, along mm-hmm. with Kobe. So uh, he will have the slot. 
Um, and uh, it looks like they do have a succession plan in place, just like they do with Tiami, you know, with Antoine. Uh, I do think that you, they're going to be in good shape and good hands. So uh, as long as those two can step up, and I do have faith, I do have Kobe Pesor in on one of my co- uh, Kansas Canton teams, uh, which is a format in fantasy where you it is both college and pro, so you draft college players as freshmen and they graduate up after they leave and they go to the NFL. So I am invested in him and I believe so. Uh, I, I view Drake May um, alongside it's Caleb Williams is, is the gold standard right now from next year's yep. quarterback class, but Drake May is, is a 1B right there. You know, I, I do sincerely believe that and I, I think that's interesting yeah no i i think that's where a, kind of a lot of people are at um with him i think there are some people that are a little reserved because of what happened with sam howell back in 2021 but i think drake is, is, is just a different level man and that's there's no slight to sam howell who i think is a tremendous quarterback he's about to you know get his chance it looks like with the washington commanders but uh yeah as you mentioned kobe pesor is a guy that i i really like uh, anytime that he was in there this year he really really showed um, every chance that he got that he is a guy that can be relied on Andre Green Jr. as you mentioned jump ball receiver uh, really unlike any that Carolina's had before and then you add in a couple transfers and Nate McCollum in the slot from Georgia Tech coming over uh, as well as Devontae Walker uh, on the outside coming over from Kent State and uh, it, it could be you know another big year for the receiving core around Drake May. Well, let's talk about some of his former guys that are no longer going to be there with him. Yeah, what, what were you going to say? Talk for a moment, if you, I, I forgot about him. I, for a moment, Nate McCollum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a guy that uh, over at Georgia Tech, obviously a dysfunctional program he had over there. Yes. Um, the chip along was their offensive coordinator. That is a spectacular dumpster fire of a hire. That he, he was gone <laughs> within five weeks. Uh, he went and he fell on his face in, on Tol- in, uh, for Tulane, right? In 2021. Yep. They went 2 and 10. Under Chip Long, and I know for fact that one of the reasons for their collapse was the, the, the Chip Long coming in year one off of Notre Dame and having an ego and destroying that franchise. And out he goes to Georgia Tech, and he continues the descent of what that program has had after they've tried to make the, the transition from the option, right? So mm-hmm. McCall, he had to deal with a lot there. You know, just a lot at Georgia Tech of dysfunction. Yep. Every time he got an opportunity, he was electric. And that was with a, a, a quarterback situation that was just a, a rotating door mm-hmm. um, and instability all over the place. I cannot wait to see Nate McCollum. I think he's going to be second team Aussie ACC caliber right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be magical. I have him on one of my long-term dynasty teams. Beyond excited to see what he can do with Drake May throwing to him as opposed to uh, being in Georgia Tech. Guys, get ready for him. Get ready. Yeah, we're, we're excited too. And, and I think that's really one of the big keys to this offense this year under new offensive coordinator Chip Lindsey, who we hope is a little bit better than the other Chip that you were talking about there. 
Um, but I mean, you talk you talk about you know in the slot, and I, I think you know when you look at Josh Downs, he, he's an interesting case because you know clearly slot receivers are not as, as highly drafted as other as your outside receivers when it comes to the draft. Um, you know, teams are going to value those guys on the outside that can make plays um, that that you know are, are going to be on the field for just about every snap. But Josh Downs is a guy that's seen as kind of a second round guy. Some people have him on the borderline of that first round. You know, when you look at him, w- w- what do you see with him? And do you think this is a guy that can go to Indy and potentially give himself a shot to be drafted in the first round, even as a slot guy? For what you're asking Josh Downs to do, he's very well suited to do it. You know, obviously you're not lining him up on the outside like you were doing Antoine or you will be, mm-hmm. you know, Andre or Tez Walker will be on the outside too. Like, you know, that's not his deal. You want him to work that middle of the field with exceptional change of direction ability. I mean, you, you see those bounce routes that he, that he puts on tape. Um, good luck sticking with him, you know, as a slot corner and trying to cover him both inside and outside. Because that's the thing about Josh Downs. You have to cover him to the right and the left. On the boundary, you know, out there, in the, you know, you have the sidelines to work with the green. The whole field is Josh Downs, you know, as well know and the rest of the North Carolina faithful know. Uh, it's about what he does as opposed to what he doesn't. You know, you're not going to be asking him to do what you see Antoine and Andre Green do out there on the outside. You know, and that's not what you want him to do because what makes Josh out special is when you put him in the slot and you make that slot corner or safety or however you want to, you know, whoever is covering him be it his own. They have to cover him to the outside and to the inside. They have to cover him to the right, to the left. There's no outside, there's no uh, out of bounds that you can play him to. So that that elite twitch and that change of direction ability, it makes him so crafty, so shifty, uh, tough to jam on the line, you know, with a, with a, a quick set of feet and a you know, good release package. And obviously his hands and just a general feel for how to work zones. You know, there there is an art form to it and how to catch ball you see him, even though he isn't huge, you know he's 175, which it's gonna it's gonna come up. That, mm-hmm. That's the ding on him. Is 175. Um, but if you watch his hands, he catches the ball outside of his frame, and he makes he makes every inch he's got. He's using it, you know. And that full catch radius you get with Downs is is really it makes him special in that sense. And a class is frankly. There's, there's some the smaller players, be it running backs or uh, or wide outs, there's some good smaller uh, receivers. I do think that'll probably is the 175 and lack of the you know the protocol length, of course, will kind of you know probably put him in the in day two territory. But look, being, being a second round wide receiver at 5'10", 175 as a slot receiver, mm-hmm. that's incredible. That's incredible draft capital. And that's, you know, there's no shame in that. And heck, maybe he does slide into the back end. 
You know, maybe maybe some one of those teams that are really successful that are at the top there that have done well say, hey, you know, Tyler Boyd is a tune. We want Josh Downs as mm-hmm. the Bengals. Well, then the jackpot. <laughs> if he goes to a, an actual good team, he slides it right in the back end first. Oh, then it's on. So, um, nothing, nothing a good thing to say about Josh Downs. If there's any, you know, something that's a detriment, it's just size, and there's nothing he can really do about that. But what he does, he does extremely well. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. I think that's the one thing that, uh, you know, a lot of Tar Heel fans probably know is, is that it's going to take him, you know, he, he's probably going to have to add a little bit to his frame, and durability is probably the one question with him. Now, speaking of durability, one guy that has had some issues with that at the college level is Antoine Green. And, you know, to be honest, coming into – um, especially the middle portion of 2021, uh, but it, you know, even I think a little bit coming into the early part of this year, some people were kind of questioning what you know draft stock Antoine Green actually had. But uh, you know, look, he, he had a big senior season. Uh, he did some really good things once again on and off the field with injuries. He missed four games, but you know, he goes out and you were at the East West Shrine game, and uh, he you know was one of the guys a lot of people were highlighting in practice. So, you know, first of all, you know, just what you saw from him at at the East-West Shrine, do you think he helped himself out there in in Vegas? Oh, he certainly didn't hurt himself. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, in in terms of what he showed, I think he showed the ability to be uh, a little more crafty than I think people had originally thought. It was the first three weeks, and then the, the final quality bowl, which, which I was at as discussed, but mm-hmm. played in nine games at 798 yards receiving. Hey, I mean, that's, that's pretty damn good. That's well on track to be a thousand yard receiver over the course of the full 12 game season, which that's that's rarefied error in, in the Power Five. You throw all those factors out. That's going to give you some looks. So, you know, production-wise, very good. What he does well is he and Josh Downs complement each other extremely well. Mm-hmm. He is a deep sideline receiver. You know what you're getting out of him. He's working the sidelines. He's working the outs. Um, it isn't a real diverse route tree that you're getting out of him. And you're not seeing a lot of, you know, double, triple moves and, and stuff like that. But he is... Uh, out there winning one-on-ones on the outside, and he didn't just do it this year, he did it last year too, when called upon. You know, he didn't, he only, it, well, another thing that kind of hurts him is just the first few years, he barely saw the field. Yep. He just wasn't out there, you know, so there wasn't any tape, and then he gets 51 targets, I believe, uh, last year, and 68 this year. There just isn't that volume of, here's the full season, here's him going top to bottom, uh, being the guy, being the alpha, dominating for that full course and doing it early. Because if you look and you project wide receivers in the NFL, the better, the earlier you break out, the better off you're going to be. Because you're succeeding against higher competition at a young age. If you're playing above your age metrics, you know, and the data supports this significantly, that's where you succeed as a wide receiver. Now, obviously, he's averaging 19 yards a catch uh, in 2021 in limited reps. Mm-hmm. You know, he only, only caught 30 passes, but he was very productive in He's hitting bombs, and he's not doing it with, um, 
you know, you ask, it's not the yak, it's the air yardage. So he's going to have a very specific skill set that he is going to be looked at in the NFL. He's going to be that typical boundary receiver who will come in as a wide receiver four or five type, and they'll try to take the top off of him and, and have him, you know, out physical. Because he was, you know, what I saw from him at the shop Shrine Bowl was physicality. He did, he did a good job uh, asserting himself, uh, you know, early in the route tree. Because you're going to win in one of three phases. It's going to be early, it's going to be on the break, or it's going to be at the catch point, you know. And you, you see one particular highlight that I put out there where he had a nice quick stutter. It wasn't anything, you know, dazzling, but it was just a quick stutter, second, you know, on his break, and he, he just toasted the receiver, well, excuse me, the cornerback, and it was a guy who I forget who it is at the moment, but it was a guy who had done pretty well in camp, and then made a nice catch. So, like, his ball skills are really good. Like, at the catch point, he's solid. Um, it's that separation. What is he doing? Does he have the speed in order to beat the high-end corner? You know, because he's going to be facing bigger guys that can run with him now. He's going to be facing guys who are, you know, 200 to 210 across the board, and we're going to be running in the 4 4 range, 4 4 to 4 5. You know, not over 4 5. They're going to be in the 4 5. So, can he separate against these bigger, faster corners that he was able to exert his will upon the guys at the Shrine from what I saw in a pretty, pretty solid fashion? Can he do it against the bigger, more polished, more seasoned corners at the NFL level? That's what he's going to have to prove and overcome. So while he looked good at the senior bowl, I still think that you're looking at from from what he's going to be. You're probably looking at a, at a seventh round, sixth round. If he can get in there, that would be very good for him. Or a preferred free, undrafted free agent. Where if he gets undrafted, it might even not be a bad thing for him because he would be able to kind of choose his destination and maybe get a little bit better signing bonus than he would have gotten in the sixth or seventh round. Because that tends to happen to players who have potential, you know, and who have a little bit of. Um, you know, steam that are on the higher end. So it can even benefit him since he has deep ball skill. He has the ability to win downfield in one-on-one situations on the outside. And there's going to be a place for that. Can he separate? That's my question. Can he stack? Yeah, well, when I when I watch him, you know, I think the the guy that he kind of reminds me of is a former Tar Heel guy, where I think he he has some of the skill set to potentially grow a little bit as a receiver and 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 maybe be a little bit more than just a deep threat. I, although, I mean, this guy pretty much is that um, at the NFL level, and he does the special teams thing. Well, what do you think about Mac Hollins as sort of his comp? I mean, they're they're, they're similar type of players. Collins, I, you know, when you set it up with a former target, I was wondering, is he going Hakeem next year? Is that what Whoa. Matt Collins? <laughs> Matt Collins will, yeah, all right, sounds good. You know, like, but uh, we all love our big, our big XY receivers for the Tarios. Like, yeah, Matt Collins, not bad. You know, a guy who, like you said, was on the margins there, you know, has that skill set. Um, you know, was, okay, will he, you know, can he make it? Can he talk about his niche? And he has. And it's a damn good living that, that Mac Collins is making over there, you know, in, in where I'm going to. Yeah. I believe right now he's with Las Vegas. You know, could, could see Mac around, you never know. But, 
yeah, I would think that that would be a great top and a, and a real nice role if you could carve out that sort of a niche in the NFL. It'd be a wonderful situation for him. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I definitely think that's that's what you could potentially be staring down. And look, as a guy that is a Tar Heel guy as well as a New York Giants guy, Hakeem Nicks. That's that's asking a lot. I'm still that guy that yeah, thinks if Hakeem Nicks idea. stays healthy, we're we're talking about one of the best receivers in New York Giants history, uh, which is really saying something. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, I I like both of these guys a lot. Um, I, I think that, you know, with Antoine Green, the thing that I hate the most for him is if he had stayed healthy, th- this dude plays the game hard, man. You go back and watch his film uh, of the game against Pittsburgh, that's that's probably one of the better films you'll see of some of those mid-round receivers uh, of anybody out there because he just he took over the game in a majority, you know, a multitude of different ways. Um, and with Josh Downs, you know, I, I think you saw it, honestly, if you go back and watch the Super Bowl and you watch the two plays where Kansas City scores in the fourth quarter, I think that's kind of similar to the type of role. Those are the routes that you're going to see Josh Downs thrive on. So there's roles for both of these guys in the NFL, and It'll be very cool to watch. Hey, Eric, thanks so much, man. Yeah, you're on the road. Uh, I know it's a little bit crazy, but, uh, hey, we we appreciate you uh, joining us, man. That was uh, tremendous stuff. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me on. You know, love watching my Tar Heels get out there. You guys, in terms of the community that I travel in, nothing but love for how you guys put together the offense. Exciting teams. I love watching them. So best of luck to all the North Carolina faithful. All right. Thanks so much, Eric. We uh, we appreciate it. Guys, make sure uh, you head over to social media and follow Eric there at CF Froton, F-R-O-T-O-N uh, on Twitter and check out everything that he's got over on NBCSportsEdge.com. Hey, Eric, thanks again, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, buddy? Thank you very much. And reminder, play college fantasy football all you yes. college football fans it's better than the nfl i promise you all the well action every saturday and then you get action tuesday wednesday thursday friday give it a shot all right thanks man appreciate it NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Well, they're in the middle of the All-Star break, guys, but a team that's going in hot are my New York Knicks, and they have a game right out of the gate against the Washington Wizards. You know I'm going to have to go there and put down a bet, maybe jump in on some of that same game parlay action, and you can too. Download the DraftKings app now and sign up with the code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcast, all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter, at Blog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow, and you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at HackZubber2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. So we want to thank Eric Froton for stopping by with us. Really appreciate him taking some time out in between his busy schedule to talk a little bit about the NFL draft with us. And head over to the website, guys. Uh, Right now we've got plenty of stuff up there about the NFL draft. We will have you covered here as we close in on the NFL scouting combine. But we do have an article post-senior bowl, post-all-star games Uh, up there for you guys to check out that sort of gives you a a look at where the stock stands for the four guys that got invited to the Combine. Uh, Right now, it's clear that Josh Downs is going to be the first guy off the board for Carolina. Everybody else a little bit questionable at this point, and it kind of varies as to which site you go to. So we have you covered on where their stock stands on every one of those major websites and we break it down a little bit further there on that side of things and of course we'll have you covered on that you know on the draft front all the way up until these guys are selected um, or picked up as undrafted free agents uh, in May so make sure you're keeping an eye on that also uh, we took a little bit of time off there a little bit of downtime because there frankly just wasn't much going on around the program at all these last few weeks really since the turn of the month uh, it has been pretty dead on the football side of things just kind of letting us focus on basketball but uh, we do have an article up there that takes a look at the five players that we think need to take a leap this upcoming season for Carolina in order for this team to take the next step and and navigate through uh, yet another offseason crossroads that they are facing. And, you know, it's just the five guys I think that are the most important. There are a lot of guys that have to take big steps, but I think in order for Carolina to be able to reach Uh, you know, another ACC championship game, or even to come close to that. I think if Florida State and Clemson have, you know, just tremendous seasons and Carolina could still finish inside the top 15, a lot of people would probably take that, but we tell you how they get to that point. And also the XFL starting tonight on the night of recording. Make sure that uh, you guys are checking out the article we have up there that breaks down the three former Tar Heels that are playing in the XFL. One of them did not finish his career at Carolina and KJ Sales, but the other two, Jeremiah Gimmel, who's actually playing as we are recording this right now for the Orlando Guardians, 
and Austin Prohl playing for the St. Louis Battlehawks. He'll be playing tomorrow on television, so make sure that you take a look and find out when all of those guys will be playing and a little bit more about their career journeys to landing with their current teams. So uh, all that on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. While you're there, you can also check out the basketball coverage, Carolina a huge, huge game, one that probably determines the rest of the season uh, as to whether or not this team will even have a shot to make the NCAA tournament coming up on Sunday in Raleigh at PNC Arena. Carolina has to travel there to take on NC State, and it's a must win. There's just no other way around it. Josh has he covered with the preview as well as the recap of the game, and then uh, we'll take you the rest of the way throughout the season regardless of what happens in that game on Sunday, uh, and you can find it all at HeelToughBlog.com. Make sure you're also checking out the basketball podcast, Four Corners podcast. Uh, it's uh, been you know a, a rough stretch here for Carolina, but uh, you guys are listening. You guys love listening to us break down what's wrong with this team as we try to figure out you know, the answers that Hubert Davis and his staff have had trouble finding so far. So make sure that you guys are keeping up with all of that, and you can find that on the website as well, or wherever you find your podcast along with the Heel Tough Blog podcast. And wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure that you are subscribed. If you're not, hit that subscribe button. And if you could, leave us a rating and review. We would greatly appreciate that. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Once again, want to thank Eric Froton for stopping by with us. Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tories. Hey guys, Anthony here. We want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.